most of all, Karen was my friend. And Karen had a lot of friends. Karen didn't judge people on their shortcomings. She was kind, funny, and loyal. She loved everybody, all the while keeping her own sense of style and attitude. This this is a sad day, and it, I should be celebrating her birthday in March, not celebrating her death here in January. This is the day that part of my soul got ripped from my being, and I have good times. We we laughed, we cried, we fought. Um, and I felt like a wave of just peace and calmness come over me and I... Yeah, I mean, it was just way too short, way too short of a life. In January of 2007, the body of what police would call a transient drug addict had been discovered along a frequently traveled country highway near Rochester, Washington. Her body was intentionally posed in a shocking and vulgar position. Police would later identify the woman as 37-year-old Karen Bodie, but they got the details wrong because Karen was actually a loving mother and daughter and part of a pretty amazing family, one that was determined to set the record straight and get justice. This is True Crime IRL, and I'm Kelly Barron's Brink, and this is the real unsolved story of Karen Bodine. So I spent last week at CrimeCon 2021 in Austin, Texas. It was actually my first ever crime con and what took me so long to get there? It was, oh, it was great. And I'm not going to lie, it was probably one of the best weekends of my entire life. It was an amazing experience and I had so much fun. I laughed, I cried, I made a million new friends, and I learned so much. And now I need to go to sleep for like two weeks straight. <laughs> if I met you, that's right, I'm talking to you at CrimeCon and you're listening now, thank you. And I will absolutely see you at CrimeCon 2022 in Vegas next year. I'm counting the days. And if you're on the fence about going, just do it. You will not regret it. Do it. Book the tickets. Just do the thing. It was awesome. So while I was at CrimeCon, I was so happy to be able to connect with Carly Bodine, whose mom, Karen Bodine, was brutally murdered in January of 2007 in what's a still unsolved cold case. One of the big things we talked about in our interview was, and one of the main takeaways I want to discuss is the fact that police and media grossly miscategorized exactly who Karen Bodine was when word got out about her death, which seemed to have a very negative impact on possibly solving this case over the years. You see, right off the bat when Karen's body was found disposed of, like trash basically, in that quarry, police labeled her as a potential drug addict and a homeless transient. 
And as you know, and as we've seen in numerous cases in the past, you label someone in this way and sadly people stop caring. And that's bullshit, not only because every human life has value and worth, but also because they were just flat out wrong. Karen Bodine was the beautiful, bubbly, involved mother of three kids. She had a job, a life, and a family. Growing up as the daughter of the local fire commissioner, Karen's family was well-known in their small community. Karen was there for her kids in every way, and you'd see her in the stands at all the sporting events, all the school functions, and there were a lot of those. She had three kiddos, and she encouraged her children to be involved in everything, and she cheered them on every step of the way. So in this interview, you're going to hear the real story of Karen Bodine as told by her daughter, Carly, and her childhood friend, Colleen Esham. And these two came to CrimeCon to spread the word and set the record straight. They came bearing flyers, posters, stickers, and a very important message, which was, please help us find Karen Bodine's killer. Now, this interview is done sort of on the fly, so you're going to have to forgive me here with the audio. It sort of fluctuates a bit throughout the conversation. It's kind of all over the place, so bear with me through all of that, please. But it was a very important discussion, which I can only hope will shed some light on this forgotten cold case. So, Karen, she had three kiddos. You're the oldest. Not to be. The littlest, (laughs) but the oldest. Yeah. Yeah. So it's you, it's Carly, Taylor, and Tanner, Tanner, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I was less than two pounds when I was born. Mm -hmm. So it was a very, I guess, you know, special thing. I don't have any kids, so I can't really completely relate. Mm -hmm. But I have, you know, a dog, so I a little bit relate, you know. like got a fur baby. Oh, very much so. So, I mean, I, I understand, even though I can't completely relate. Carly got her dog, Odin, shortly after her mother's death to help her navigate through her grief. Odin was one of Carly's biggest emotional supports through everything she had to deal with after going through such a huge trauma. Sadly, two days after this recording, while Carly was still at CrimeCon spreading the word about her mother's cold case, Odin would become ill back home in Washington and he passed away before she could get home. As you can imagine, this was another very difficult loss for Carly to process. And my heart goes out to her. Karen and Carly, yeah. Taylor and Tanner. And I'm also the only blonde one like my mom. My brother and sister are more brunette. So hard for me to think of you as a blonde <laughs> right now. Yeah, you're fiery red. Oh yes, that's why I like to do it red. So Carly, where are you from? So, Kelly, I'm from Olympia, Washington. <laughs> Olympia, Technically Washington. Technically Tumwater, but no one knows Wait, what Tumwater what is it? Is. Technically Tumwater. Tumwater. Yep. That's but an interesting name. No one knows what Tumwater is, and Tumwater was actually there before Olympia. Okay. It was the first, like, settlement. Tumwater. But that was around before Olympia, before okay. the capital. I mean, it was, like, literally cowboys and Indians, and so, yeah, I'm technically from Tumwater, and it's a very, very small, like, like tight, how, like community. a couple thousand people or something. Or oh. back in the day, it was a smaller. It town. It was very small. Mm-hmm. Tumwater was a very small town. 
where we all went to school was very small. Mm-hmm. So everybody kind of knew each other. So this- Carly, introduce this other gal who's talking this here. This fabulous woman that is my amazing helper and assistant and everything more than that. I mean, that's a horrible way to describe her because she's so much more than that. Uh, her name is Colleen Esham. She also went to school with my mom, and that's partly why I love her so much is because she has so many amazing stories mm-hmm. and everything. And her sister went to school with my mom, gotcha. too. Gotcha. Uh, my sister and Karen were in the same class. We all were friends. Everybody mm-hmm. was friends. So whether you had an older sibling, a younger sibling, everybody, because I think the population at that time when we were in school in Tumwater was maybe 3,000. Mm-hmm. And then my sister and Karen were in the same class. My mm-hmm. sister did drill team and captain drill team. Karen did volleyball. And so, you know, they all mm-hmm. ran around. We were all friends. Most of us are still friends. Never, I mean, yeah, people have moved away and stuff, but you're still friends with them. You came from the same place, so. Right, yeah. yeah. Take me back to 2007. Okay, so in 2007, you were a high school senior. At just 18 years old, Carly had to shift gears from the carefree life that she was able to live when her mother was around. She would no longer be daydreaming about the fun upcoming events a high school senior looks forward to, like prom and graduation and parties. But instead, she prepared for her mother's funeral. I read this heartbreaking article. You got new shoes for your graduation. And a dress. And, and a dress and and you ended up the most wait. beautiful dress and shoes you've ever seen. I was so excited to wear it to graduation. I was going to be the prettiest girl there. But I wore it to a different occasion before my graduation, yeah. which I did not plan on. And that was my mother's funeral. So take me back to that day when you got the news about what happened to your mom. I was 18 and I was at my Nana's at the time, which is my dad's mom. And I was hanging out with my little boyfriend that lived down the street because it's a small town. So I mean, yeah. literally like three blocks down the street. So I walked down the street to go see him. So my Nana knew exactly where I was and everything, you know, and it was after school. So I was okay to be over there. All of a sudden she knocked on the door and it's like, what is my Nana knocking on the door for? That's weird. Like she doesn't come over here. Like she knows where I'm at, but like they're not friends. So like it's weird that they're talking like what's going on here and all of a sudden my boyfriend's mom says Carly you need to come outside you need to come outside right now and it was raining a little bit it was January so it was pretty cold and I go outside and it was a grassy like driveway where some cars had driven up a bit so there was some mud too and everything my nana says Carly Carly you need to come home right now I said why why like I was so confused she looked at me again and she said, Carly, you need to come home right now. And I looked around and I knew something was wrong. And I was like, no, like, I'm allowed to be here for three more hours. Like, why are you here? Like, and I don't think she planned on telling me this. And I think she regrets it. But she was, Carly, Carly, your mom's dead. The next thing I knew, someone was like shaking and was like, get up, get up. And my face was in the mud, and I was screaming, I was crying, and I was saying, no, and there was mud coming out of my nostrils and in my eyes, and I wiped my tears away, and mud was on my face, and I said, no, you have the wrong house. You have the wrong house. And then I ran away. 
just walked all over the city just being angry. I mean, I was a stupid little kid. I was kicking over garbage cans, and some lady came out and yelled at me. You kicked over my garbage can. I said, yes, I did. My mom just died. And she looked at me, and she goes, oh. And just shut the door. And I didn't know what else to do. I mean, I was so angry and upset. Like, that was me acting out, I guess. So you went to your mom's funeral, and you had to graduate without your mom there. That really sucked. I had yeah. to graduate without my mom there. And my dad was in and out of prison, and he just didn't want to be there. Whereas my mom would have been there if she absolutely. could have. She would have oh, done absolutely. anything and everything to be there. What kind of mom was she? She was very girly, but she was very, like, sporty, too. So, I mean, there's pictures of me when I'm, like, two three, four, and my nails are done, and I have blush on, I've got lipstick on, and it's adorable. Like, it was my mom. We got the same little side pony, because we're from the 80s, you know? It's a little side pony going on, and it was so cute, but at the same time, too, we'd go run downtown at the fountain and go mess up all our makeup, because there's a fountain that spurts up, and go run to the fountain, to and you fountain. go yep. and, and that's what we always did, and that was always fun, and... I never thought murder. Like, that was the farthest thing from my mind. Like, yeah. it's not. She wasn't in that kind of lifestyle. Like, she wasn't scandalous and scary mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. oh, careful because she might not come home. Like, mm-hmm. that wasn't ever her. Like, she would come to every single one of my events plus my siblings. So, I mean, that's quite a few. That's three kids. And we are all very active. We all did sports and debate and drama and like all of the extracurricular activities you know my mom came to all of them and that's not just the home games and the home stuff that's the away games like very far away like 20 30 40 100 miles away she would find a ride she would walk she would ride a bike 20 miles in the rain to get there there was one time my aunt lynn took her and said hey it's close to your birthday i want to you know buy you some stuff here's a cart fill it up and they went their separate ways and they went shopping for a minute and then I went back up and my Alan goes Karen I told you to get stuff for yourself what are you doing <laughs> she had filled the whole cart up with toys and clothes and stuff for all three of us not one thing for her it was all about her kids now like looking back on it I think my mom did it on purpose but when I was a little kid every time I'd open her purse there was like gum or lipstick or something new so I was like I think she did that on I think she stuck that in there right before I looked in there I'm pretty sure she did it on purpose now but at the time like I thought it was always exciting and she had new gum and new lip gloss and stuff what was it like to be her friend (laughs) it was fun (laughs) (laughs) She was so outgoing, loving, kind, caring. Her laugh. Her laugh was hysterical because she snorted a little she bit. She did. Like, <laughs> like, 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 like a pig. Like, so cute, though. Like, she pulled it she off. She could pull it off. She pulled it off because so her little nose wrinkled yeah. and stuff. And it was so, like, cute. So every time when she would laugh, she had this little snore yep. to her. It was so cute. It was cute. so adorable. You knew Karen was around. Yeah, because you, you just did heard, know. You heard it. You, you heard, heard it. You would turn around and hear her laughter. <laughs> she or whatever. would be yep. the one there. Oh, yes. And, you know, um, over the years, just so much. Um, I'm the oldest, <laughs> even though I'm the littlest. She is um, the littlest. My, <laughs> you are tiny tiny little right little, you know she's little she's a I little weighed baby less than, yeah laid less than two pounds when i was born yeah so you were 
premature. Very much so. Um, three or four months. Wow. Like, a lot. That's a like, lot. Like, I didn't have fingernails or eyelashes. I was a little alien baby. Wow. It's amazing. Like, I ripped out an IV and I pushed the incubator thing because they thought I was going to die. So they put me in, like, an incubator thing. And apparently I was like, no, I want back with my mom. Go away. Feisty from day one. Yep. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so Taylor and Tanner. So you were 18 when your mom passed away. Mm-hmm. Taylor was a freshman 15. in high school. Uh, okay. 14, 15. Okay. And Tanner was in sixth, sixth grade, grade, like 11, 12. Youngest, yeah. so. We all That's experienced good. something different. Yeah. Like, I knew my mom longer, so she was more of, like, my friend, kind of. Also, because, you know, I was her first right. kid. She was younger. Yeah. So, we, you know, we kind of had that little she bond, you know, a little mom. bit. Like, exactly. we, we totally yeah. did. So, in, in some ways, like, I hate to say that my sister's jealous of that, but in other ways, I'm jealous of my sister because mm-hmm. she got a different relationship than I yes. had from my mom. Yep. And and that was a beautiful relationship in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And then my brother had a completely different one, but it was loving and true and amazing in and of itself, too. She loved all of her kids equally, but differently. It was all different because at different points of your life, you're a different exactly. person. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But there was no lack of love there oh, whatsoever. No. It was just a different kind. You know, yeah. she related to me more because I was starting to get into the boys and the right. clothes and the, all that. Yeah. But she liked Taylor because she was into the schoolwork and all yeah. that. And then she liked Tanner because he was her cute little baby boy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, so she she just had a soft spot for all of us. Are you close to your siblings? Absolutely. I mean, they live in the big city now because they're younger and they're yeah. trying to do the fun thing. But so, I mean, you know, we'll go a while without talking, but we are thick as thieves. Mm-hmm. Like you do not touch one of them without talking to me. No. Wow. And it goes all with all of I us. I can tell. Mm-hmm. Like, anyone you know, you're, like, going <laughs> to protect them with anything, yeah. everything you have. So I can tell that about you. So back to the day you found out about that. What do you know about your mom? You you weren't sure what I'm happened. Not sure. I didn't mom. know. Yep. And then what did people, what did they tell you? Did After my Nana had come and told me that my mom was dead and I, like, ran away... I realized, like, oh, I have this cell phone. And so I tried calling Kevin, her boyfriend, and I left a message. I was like, I hate you. I hate you. You killed my mom. Oh, that's, like, immediately you thought that. Because, yeah, because I, I just immediately thought the boyfriend. I don't know why. I don't know. It's just, like, your I just, gut instinct. I just, I was like, you know, I don't know. I just, yeah. that's the last person I knew she was with. So I was like, girl, I don't like you. It's your yeah. fault. Right. Which technically it is, because they got in a fight and then she left. So if they wouldn't have gotten in a fight, she probably would not have gotten murdered. So I, I still don't like the stupid guy. Yeah. You know, and so I, so my phone rang. So I answered the phone. What's up? So Carly, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So what are you sorry about? Like, why are you, what? He goes, no, Carly, like, I'm, I don't know what to say. I'm so sorry. I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, oh my God, you don't know. And he hangs up on me. Because at that point, he panicked. Was that before Nana come? Yeah, it was before yeah. your Nana come, too. So how did he know? It was, it was on, the, on news. the news. Before they even found it out. It was on the news before our family found before out. Before the family found out. The immediate family found out. It was um, on the news already. There should be a law against that. That's so, what we're going to fight for. That's why I'm trying we're to make stuff We're going to Congress like this. with this. Because, because I got a phone call from some random cute boy that I thought was cute in high school telling him, like, him crying, saying, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, what are you what sorry for right now? Yeah, because yeah. he knew my mom because he went to school with me, so he's seen her at the yeah. volleyball games and the, right. the luncheons and all right. that. So he recognized the picture and yeah. he knew who it was. And honestly, I kind of thought it was like maybe my grandparents or like gotcha, I don't know because gotcha, they were gotcha. they're older, you know. So it's like 
So what I have read in news articles is that she was found at like a gravel pit quarry kind of place on a busy road. This it's a kind of a country about. road. Yeah, like a, mm-hmm. it's a country road, country but it can road. be busy at yeah, times. Yeah. She was placed there, and she had been posed. So oh, absolutely. That it would be like a like a shock value yep. kind of thing. Yep. Right so, on the side of the road, all of a sudden you see something that's either a mannequin or a dead body, or you don't know what it is. Completely nude, and uh, her head was posed on a car seat. And they never took the car seat in for testing, by the Dumb. way. They just threw the car seat away. Let's make What's that very we, clear. Yeah, let's make that very clear on your... No fingerprinting. No, no. DNA no. testing. It was no, not no, nice. touch car DNA seat. Testing. No. no, 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 not on like, that car oh, seat. No, Mm-mm. nobody did anything no. here. We're it might have it been there before this It happened. might have, but the person still would have touched it. But yeah. this is the thing. That's what they were saying. Mm-hmm. They didn't know where it came so from. They didn't, so therefore, so, they didn't take it into evidence. So honestly, right? if they would have taken that seat in, I think we'd be a lot farther right now. Or it could be solved. Yeah, or it could be solved. Because it was kind of a dumping ground. Like, but they didn't know. But they didn't know. It could have. That could have been from the car that they didn't want the evidence in there. Absolutely, it could have been that. But they didn't know, and they didn't care. They didn't know, and they didn't care. Let's make that clear. It's just not they didn't know. It's both, and that's why the car seat got thrown away. And that's why this current detective is like, what the heck? Where's the car seat? Yeah. Long gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That long ago. So what I think when I think of that is that somebody, whoever did this. They knew her. And it was a shock value. And maybe um, to embarrass her or something. I was going to say, they Mm -hmm. wanted to Mm -hmm. humiliate Mm -hmm. her because. Legs spread, arms open, very um, vulgar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it was personal. Mm-hmm. I believe so. What leads have come up in the last 14 years? Any? I know you're, you are vigilant about this. Like, are you in touch with police frequently? Constantly. Or the prosecutor won't call me back because he doesn't care. Let me repeat that. The prosecutor won't call me back because he doesn't care. There was no detective on the case for over seven years. No one looked at it. No one, nothing. But you've got to remember, they, didn't, they didn't care from the beginning, though. Right, right. So that's where it all stems from. So that's from. where it all really stands from. So yeah, the, you're the right. The files went in a box mm-hmm. on a shelf mm-hmm. somewhere. And, and the only reason it got brought out again is because of CrimeCon CrowdSolve 2012 or whenever it was. It was only supposed to be the Nancy Moyer case that weekend. Only supposed to be the Nancy Moyer case. Yeah. It was right then when that guy confessed to killing Nancy. Eric Roberts confessed to killing her. Well, then he recanted, and then he got a lawyer, and so now they're going through all the courts trying to figure all that out. So that put CrimeCon on hold. They couldn't proceed with their case anymore because there was new developments. So they contacted the Thurston County Sheriff, and like, is there any other cases we can, like, do? Or, like, we need content, you know? We're an entertainment company. We need to do something. Well, that's when my detective, Mickey Hamilton... He's very vigilant, and he was like, well, I'm kind of working on the Karen Modine case. I just started pulling it. Like, why don't we do that one? And CrimeCon was like, okay. And they did. And that's how it got reopened. It didn't lead to any concrete, like, the case is solved now. No, it did not lead to that. But it led to me having more confidence and me wanting, not wanting to do more because I always wanted to do more, but knowing I actually could now. Like, oh, wait, someone actually paid attention to this? Like, uh, people listen? Like, what? And that's when I went on the internet and I was like, we need to do something. We need a flyer. We need a billboard. We need, like, an ad. And then some lady that went to school with my mom was like, why can't we do a billboard? And I was like, well, because I don't know how. And she's like, well, this is how. 
And so we decided, I talked to Carly, and I told her how I do fundraising, and we just put it out there. And we've been, I mean... And we put it out there, and we told the people... Pedaled the middle since then. I mean, we've gone We need a billboard. We need a billboard. Please help us. You know, donations, donations. Absolutely. We have it all. Yes. And if if you want to donate, too, we also have a donation link. And it doesn't go to me. It actually goes to an accountant, and it goes into a special bank account. So, like, I can't touch anything. It goes directly to the Karen Morgan Foundation. Like, I'm, I'm Foundation. eventually going to have a nonprofit or or something yes. similar. Yes. I'm trying to figure out the the legalities. Yes. Dude, we, our our stock money. of paperwork is about this big right I'm now. We're sure trying to figure that. out. Yeah. So, yeah. so tell me how people locally reacted to the billboard that you put up. Amazing. I think some of the public was shocked Mm -hmm. that we got a billboard put up there. I think they were just honestly shocked, but amazingly helpful to continue to donate and help us. I mean, this is for the Bunting family. I mean, this is a family well known. Her, you know, my grandpa was fire commissioner. Fire commissioner. That tells you something. I think when we got the first billboard up, it was up for three months, four months. And it was in a popular pizza place. Like, it was a very a popular spot. I hand out flyers all the time. All the time. No like, matter where. you won't meet me without handing a flyer. And if you don't get one in the store, well, that's okay, because you're going to get one on your car. So you're getting one anyways. So yeah. I don't care. Point being is, when I first started handing out the flyers, people would either tell me, I don't care what you're selling. I thought this case was solved. And now I get, I've seen the billboard. I've seen this. I've heard that podcast. And I'm like, you what? So it's kind of opened things up. It really yeah. has. Thank God for media. I mean, when your mom passed away in 2007. We didn't have stuff like no, this. No, it wasn't like social media was kind of starting, but it wasn't like. As I had a MySpace back then. Exactly. <laughs> MySpace. There just wasn't the, there weren't podcasts. I mean, no, there wasn't. It, it wasn't. There wasn't thing. cell phones back and then. And now the technology people, wasn't even there. It wasn't. Exactly. And nowadays. And we were a well, and we were a well off yeah. family and all three of us shared a cell phone. That should tell yeah. you something. Exactly. Like, There's definitely, definitely persons of interest, but there's been no arrests. And Uh, one of the persons of interest is named Jim Hunt, by the way. His name is Jim Hunt, J-I-M-H-U-N-T, and he lives in Lacey. He's a loser. He was kind of my mom's friend. He was more my mom's boyfriend's friend. Uh, My mom's boyfriend, he was in a band, and that band uh, had band practice like a few blocks down the street from where he lived. And my mom would go down there sometimes and go have band practice or whatever. And that's how she met Jim Hunt. And so when her and her boyfriend got in a dispute and they needed to, like, just back off of each other for a minute, she didn't want to go home. You know, you're in your mid-30s. Like, who wants to go home and be like, I'm going to fight with my yeah, significant yeah. other. Yeah. Like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. So she just went down the street. She's like, I'll figure it out. I'll cool off. Well, you they know. were friends. Like, yeah, she by association. Yeah, absolutely. Like, she was probably friends with other yeah. bandmates. Absolutely. Exactly. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Safe, like, she knew the place. place to go. Yeah. yeah. That's why she went there, because mm-hmm. she knew the people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm assuming. Right. You know, like, I'm why else, the same thing. Why else yeah. would you go like there? Why el- yeah, yeah, why else like, would you go so just close? Just get away from, like, there, crash. you know? My boyfriend's Because if, if she yeah. was, because if yeah. she was, yeah. like, please, do you mind? If she was in serious trouble or something, she would have called her parents. She would have, because she she had never been in, like, serious, serious trouble, but, like, if she really needed her daddy or whatever, she would call my grandpa, you know? Definitely. So, if she really thought she was in that big of a crisis, she would have called. Yeah. But she didn't think it was a big deal, 
because it wasn't until it was. Yeah, She's yeah. probably thinking, like, do I stay with him? Do I leave Where him? Do I like, go, do I go do home? I do? do I call or, my parents? Do I not call my parents? Or, like, like asking the friends, like, is he seeing anyone else? Exactly. Is, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, does he mm-hmm. have someone else? And I have to say, she probably, she might have thought that because I guarantee you, because I've seen it, my dad used to cheat on my mom all the time. And he would, like, run away for days and days at a time. And I would knock on neighbors' houses and say, have you seen my daddy? So have you, you seen have my daddy? Securities and, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, my, my dad has always ran around with my mom. So I know she has those insecurities mm-hmm. and those issues because if if it's happened to you once, like, it might happen to you again. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I do. But she wasn't with your dad. Was At the it, time, no, okay, no, thank goodness, no. Okay, no, yeah. she finally packed the kids up mm-hmm. and went back home to her parents. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. She, that's why I said mm-hmm. she was a strong mom and she loved her man and everything, don't get me wrong, but she was a mom first and she said, I can't do this. I need to be, I need my kids to have a good place and I need to be with my kids and we were taken care of first. That's how it was. So, because a lot of women who are in that situation. They don't, I know, because I'm sorry, but I witnessed it myself with like yeah. some of they're just you know, acquaintances and everything. Strong enough yeah. to do that, and your mm-hmm. mom was strong she enough was. to do mm-hmm. that. So it's been 14 years. Yeah, they've had people of interest, persons of interest, however you word that, but no arrests. But Jim Hunt is definitely a person of interest. There's never been any arrests. He's never been arrested or anything. But I definitely agree with that because there's something to it, and I don't think it was just him. I think it was a few people and that's what police say as well investigators say when they comment on the case they think it was definitely someone she knew and they definitely think there was more than one person either one person killed her and then multiple people cleaned up or one person started killing her and then someone walked in and then helped and then it was a group effort to clean up those are Mm -hmm. the two scenarios it's gruesome it's horrible but that's the reality who do you think dumped her body and posed it like that? And why would they do it so personally like that? I don't think Jim did it. I think Jim was responsible for her death. Mm-hmm. But I think he either paid somebody off or threatened somebody off mm-hmm. to get rid of the body. And like, I think someone else did. I think he, just... he either, like, you're going to do this for me or I'm going to strong arm you. Yeah. Or, hey, I'm going to give you money and you're going to do this for me. But either way, someone did something for him and yeah. and someone else got rid of it. No His respect little, for yeah. her at all. They didn't Absolutely. know her. They yep. were, like, just playing around yep. and just treating her like garbage. Mm-hmm. Kind of. And she wasn't mm-hmm. garbage. No. No, but the newspaper will tell you she was. Thanks. The Olympian newspaper will tell you she was. What are some of the things that bother you the most that you've read in the media? about? Corpse her? found on side of road prostitute homeless dead those are all lies she was never homeless never she always had a homeless person. she really did. either that or she had her own home she had her own home yeah she had or she I lived mean, with her grandparents she had her own home she lived with her boyfriend or she lived with her grandparents yeah. or her parents she my always grandparents. had a place she was never homeless I'm never homeless she and she was, was never, never a never prostitute. prostitute either never none of the above People dabble in recreational drug use. That doesn't mean they she are, she liked to. You know. um, she tried pot when she was younger. Yeah. Um, which is now legal. I I live in Washington and it's completely legal now. It was medically legal a few years ago. I don't know many people who didn't but try pot. Back they in, were younger. Exactly, yeah, but I mean, but it was illegal back then. So eventually, you know, I think she might have gotten in trouble for it. Like it's pot. 
Like, no, you'd get, like, a fine. Like, a like literally, you'd get, like, a $50 fine for smoking in front of a cop or something. Yeah, no. I mean, it's, yeah. That's, that's what's but crazy. part of the story, you I, know. When yeah. I look at pictures of your mom, she took so many pictures with her kids. Like, family yeah. pictures. Like, you go to Sears mm-hmm. or you go to, like, wherever yeah. and get the pictures. Yeah. And she had so many Why pictures. Why do you think? Look at the little sticker I gave I you. It's the one of us. It is, yeah. That's one of my favorite ones. There it is. Right there. There it is. Her if mom, you look close, I'm actually really dolled no up. No drug addicted. Who would do that? Yeah, is gonna do exactly. That. I mean, that's just not. You wouldn't spend money on that because no. you'd spend it on drugs. She's so mm-hmm. happy. And look She's at both of our clothes. I know. So tell Christine. me. So tell mm-hmm. me how. If she was a drug addict, how mm-hmm. would we have money for both of our hairs? How would mm-hmm. I have clothes and she have nice clothes? You've never given up the search and you've never given up the hope for justice for your mom. There's no justice. I mean, her Facebook is justice for Karen Modine, but there is no justice. Once the killer's caught, where's the justice? Is she coming back? No, she's not. That's not justice. What are you doing now? And in the last few years to keep this fight up to find her killer. Anything and everything. That includes flyers, bumper stickers, billboards, t-shirts, fundraisers, wine bottle auctions. Which we just did. Yeah. And I have a Mm -hmm. great friend that's a photographer. And she said, hey, let me take photos for a day and let me give you all the money. And she did. And I've also put thousands of my own dollars into it. I mean, every extra cent I don't use for my rent or my dog or whatever goes directly back into my mom's fund. That's why I don't have a Gucci purse or whatever. Because trust me, I want it, but I want my mom's killer found more. How has it changed your life being 18 years old, losing your mom in this way? What What do you think of, if only my mom were here, like, what? how is losing your mom in such a brutal way? How is Oh, honey, I life? think that every day. I think that, you know, it's been 14, literally almost 15 years, and I will still try to pick up that phone to call her to tell her something important before I realize, like, oh, I can't do that. I can't talk to her. Or there's times where, especially at Christmas time, because my little sister was born January 24th. Yeah, so it was a very special, like, family holiday time. Like, everybody got together at that time. Like, my birthday was in October, and we kind of celebrated it, but, like, and then Tanner was in September, and then Taylor was in October. So we more, we kind of waited until, like, then to celebrate everybody's, kind of, a little bit. Like, we did. Like, and that's when the whole family got together. Like, that's why Greg was coming home for Christmas one time when he got in his accident. Like, yeah. And so that's just what we did. Like, So there's been 14, almost 15 holidays that have gone by. That's one year every time, and that does not make it easier. It just makes it another year that makes it that much harder that you can't talk to her again. <laughs> or you can't say, like, happy birthday, mom. Or it's going to be 15, 16, 17 years. And that's my reality. How much do you miss your friend? A lot. But she was, she was the best person. You could ever have the best heart. Her smile was so contagious. What can people do right now to help with this search for her killer? So there's a few things that I say to that question. There's pass out flyers, share the website, share the Facebook. And the website is? K 
KarenBodine.com. And then the Facebook is Justice for Karen Bodine, My Mother's Homicide. Or My Mother's Unsolved Homicide. Um, I know it's a long one. That's what Taylor wanted, so I respect that, and we keep that. But there are a few other things you can do. I mean, you can buy bumper stickers. You can buy little stickers. You can buy t-shirts. You can buy face masks if you're into that. You can just donate if you want to donate. There's there's a few different options. Money always helps. I'm not going to lie. Money always helps. But you know what helps more? Talking. Talk to your grocery store person about it. Talk to your bank person about it. Talk to your best friend about it. I mean, talk to everyone about it. Do not stop talking. And that's exactly what you have done. You have not stopped. I never thought this would happen to me or my family. And no one ever does. Never thought this would happen to me. Until your mommy's the one that's dead and murdered. And you're wearing your graduation dress to her funeral. You just, you never think it's going to happen to you. It's horrible news. You watch the news every day and it happens every day. in Every state, every county. And it's disgusting and it's deplorable and it's horrible. But it will never happen to you. Until it does. Thank you so much for talking to me today. No, thank you for hosting us, actually. Thank you very much. Oh my gosh, thank you. Kelly, it's been a pleasure. No, seriously, this this is what literally I live for now is my mother's case and trying to get it solved. And so days like this are really helpful and what needs to be done. I'm going to spread the word and I hope my listeners are going to do the same and we definitely we want to hear that success story yes. not that it's a success story no but we want closure, we want closure. exactly there might not ever yeah. be justice but there will be closure there will I be closure closure is something that and can somebody's happen somebody's going to be held responsible yes for this. somebody we are somebody. coming for them just because let's not, just say that yes we are coming for you just because there's not justice We're coming. does not mean there's not accountability yeah accountability and we are coming for you and oh, you better be scared. You better be scared because we're not giving up. Carly, it's coming for you, and I will not stop. I I guarantee you. I quote me. I will not stop. My hope with this interview is that we can shed some light on who Karen Bodine was as a person and how the media got it wrong. In so many cases, the victim's personal life is embellished and taken out of context, and that's exactly what happened here. Karen Bodine was not homeless. She was not a drug addict, and she was not a prostitute. As you can hear in her voice, Carly Bodine is passionate and determined to let everyone know her mother's story and to send the killer to prison. As Carly said, there may never be justice because nothing can bring Karen Bodine back, but there can be closure. If you know anything about the murder of Karen Bodine or anything about the days prior to her death, please contact the Thurston County Sheriff's Department at 360-786-5500 or call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. That's 1-800-222-TIPS. Please visit KarenBodine.com or the Facebook page for more information.
Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know that if you've been enjoying my daily Murder Minute episodes, well, go over to TikTok to keep enjoying those because that's where they're going to be going forward. You can still tune in for new full episodes of TCIRL every Friday. Please be sure to like me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at True Crime IRL. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review. It helps the show more than you even know. And finally, I need to give a big shout out and a million thanks to my friend, the one and only Captain from True Crime Garage for putting together the new theme music for True Crime IRL. It's pretty damn amazing, am I right? I absolutely love it and I am so thankful. Thank you, Captain. It's going to be available as a downloadable ringtone coming very soon and you don't want to miss that. This has been True Crime IRL, true crime in real life. And I'm your host, Kelly Barron's Break. Until next time, lock your doors, people. Seriously, just lock them. Do it. Click it. Lock it. Shut it. Do it. Bye-bye.